I, I generally find that things that I thought were going to be really bad choices or went to be bad choices ended up being real blessings, either for the lessons I learned, et cetera. That sounds really hackneyed. But, um, you know, all, there's lots of roads that'll get you to where you're going. Welcome to Noah Kagan Presents. What up, everyone? It's your boy, Shoelace, a.k.a. Rabbi Can't Lose, a.k.a. Noah Kagan. Today's guest has a hard name to spell, but a great story to hear. His name is Keith Ferrazzi, super well-known dude. He's written the book, Never Eat Alone, which is one of my favorite books on how to build relationships. And so a few months ago, I got invited to one of his notorious dinner parties in the Hollywood Hills. And it was scary as hell to actually get up to his house. Uh, and the party lived up to all of the hype and expectations about this guy. And he's literally the guy who wrote the book on how to have a dinner party. And Keith almost never eats alone. Almost every lunch and dinner, this guy is having it with people. And that's what I heard from his house manager. Uh, he's been someone I've been wanting to meet and have a conversation with for years now. And so I finally got to do it. Thanks to my buddy, Ryan G, uh, for hooking it up. Some of the things that we talked about were how to take all the bad things that happen in life and create amazing lessons from that, how to host the perfect dinner party, and how to connect with whomever you want. Really enjoy this conversation. It's delectable. Enjoy. So we're with Keith Ferrazzi. We're at his house. Your house is insane. Oh, thanks. Do you think it's insane or is it when other people come, you realize it's insane? Um, I'm blessed. I mean, this place is something that I stumbled upon a number of years ago. Yeah. And uh, independent of the fact that you need a Dramamine patch to get here. It, I was motorcycling and I was definitely like, I think, I'm, I think I'm lost. Yeah. yeah. But uh, when you get up here, um, it's like landing an airplane. It's just so beautiful. Yeah. It's great. It's a great gift to give guests. So one thing I wonder was, how do you know when you found the right place or made the right decision? You know, I, I feel like that's true of um, a house, love, a job, or anything else. You feel it in your gut. Yeah. The only question is, have you, have you perfected the, the ability to trust what voice? Right? We all have voices. And whether the, the voice is that pristine voice that's speaking to you truth, or is it that voice that's, you know, that guilt, that insecurity, that all those kind of voices that have driven me most of my life. How do you know which one to listen to? Practice, practice. And I say practice in that you have to have practices. Um, meditation, spirituality, um, whatever you find that grounds you and allows you to listen to something more centered and, and, uh, and pure. Um, I mean, it's tough. There are very few people who I, I find that are on a path to truly listen to that, that clear voice. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. Well, I guess I was wondering, have you had a time where you listened to it and it didn't work out or you're like, I went to the wrong voice? Well, one of the things I've learned as an old man is that- You're a very good looking old man. Thank <laughs> you. I'm 50. I'm 50. I'm 50. Are you really? Yeah, I'm 50. What's the secret, by the way? Uh, living in Los Angeles, they kick you out if you- <laughs> Seriously, they'll kick you the hell out of here pretty quick. No, one of the things I've learned over time is that the, the choices that are put in front of you, um, there are very few bad choices. It's what you make of them. And the ability to, to find that, you talk about that voice, um, you know, which one do you listen to? Um, I, I generally find that things that I thought were going to be really bad choices or went to be bad choices ended up being real blessings, either for the lessons I learned, et cetera. That sounds really hackneyed. But, um, you know, all, there's lots of roads that'll get you to where you're going. Was there any choice that didn't seem at the time to make sense and then later? Anything, anyone that comes to mind? Yeah. Um, when I left Starwood Hotels, I was a uh, chief marketing officer at Starwood. You know, big job, um, 
lots of friends because you could give them upgrades and you know on their vacation and that kind of thing. Um, and then I came out here to run a company for Michael Milken, and it was a it was a tech startup. And I have to say I didn't really do my due diligence incredibly well. It was it was Mike, you know, it was it was Mike's company. So that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to work for Mike. The company itself was you know, probably underfunded um, <clears throat> in advance of the you know the right time for the business. And I have to say that was um, at the time I was probably at my lowest professional point when here I was, you know, running a company of like seven guys or whatever it is, running out of money. The technology wasn't working. Holy crap. I mean, I was like, what did I get myself into? Yeah. Now that said, I was, I was curating uh, an awesome relationship with an extraordinary man, Michael Milken, and also um, his network and his friends, which to this very day, I mean, literally one of, the, um, one of my great friends is a CEO of a company called Legal Shield out in um, uh, Oklahoma. This guy, Jeff Bell, he's just an amazing man, a great friend, a great man, a great client today. All that uh, because I spent that little gig. At the time, he was chief marketing officer at Chrysler. And I could, I, there's probably 20 other people who during that short period of time I met. And you know, the one thing that I can say is that if, if along the way, no matter what you're doing, you're curating authentic relationships, it's the people you meet along the way and how you develop those relationships that even in very difficult times can end up being the blessing. How do you balance between the transactional relationship and like a genuine one where like, yeah. it's not just, hey, you have this company, you have this shelf, I want to meet Keith because he can connect me to this guy versus, you know, the ones where like, I just want to get to know like that one person at a party and I just hang out with them. Yeah, so I don't have a distinction between um, the transactional relationship and the authentic relationship. Very many, at this stage in my life, many of the people I meet are intentional. Uh, you're here tonight because Ryan wanted to introduce me to a set of individuals who are interested in angel investing, et cetera, that I might, you know, co-do projects with, et cetera, right? So you're here purposefully. Um, how we engage, what kind of relationship we build, et cetera, is absolutely authentic and it will be what it is. Um, so to have a purpose and therefore, quote, transactional, we might do business together, is, is irrelevant to authenticity. Does that make any sense to you? Not the last part. It's irrelevant to authenticity, meaning, um, you know, if I treat you transactionally, like you're a, a sticker or a yeah, like this guy's got money whatever, and he's gonna, yeah, right. Then, then I'm just a jackass, right? But if I welcome you in my home and we have an amazing evening, which we're gonna do, and I find out more about you, and I find ways to to be of service, and I care end up caring about this guy Noah and all the crap he's going through and I'm going to hear about all that tonight. Well, you're going to go on quite a journey. We're having a, a dinner party tonight and you do these every Friday. Yeah. If I'm having a dinner party, what are my three elements? Like what are the three things I need to make sure if I have it at my place like that you make sure you do at your dinner parties? Tequila. Okay, you have my favorite tequila in the world. Classe Azul. We've got a great tequila bar. I I'm I'm a you know, I I'm I'm an experimentalist. I I just love uh Añejos, just great dark. If you could only have one tequilas. bottle for the rest of your life, what would you have? You know, I'm simple. Uh, Don Julio Añejo, probably. Okay. All right. Um All right, you so know, just it. because it's such a staple and you can get it anywhere in any bar and that kind of thing. It's really good. I love it. Um anybody who would like to send Don Julio get, bottles. Get me to know you would be <laughs> send me a great bottle of uh, Añejo tequila. Well, we'll get to that. Uh, but yes, we'll get you a bunch anyway, of Anyway, I say tequila jo jokingly in that um What's really important is that when somebody shows up, the moment they show up, when somebody comes as a guest, they're greeted into your home 
with just ex- exuberance and love. And like we hug in this house. My staff knows. My staff are folks that have been working with me for years. And Michael, who's my house manager, is, you know, he's like a combination of my son and my mother. Um, <laughs> he's just an amazing young man. Uh, and the, the team greets you with love. All right, so greet him with love. And that, and then when you say, and would you like a, and we have, Ooh, a, tequila, we have a, okay. a, a signature drink here called the Ferrazarita. It's a distinct, uh, Don, it's a distinct Inejo margarita, but it's a Ferrazarita. It's an Italian and it, the secret ingredient, I'll tell you, is Campari. So, um, you'll, you'll, you'll love it. It's okay. going to be great. But, but when, then all of a sudden people are like, whoa, this, wait, so I got hugged. This feels really caring. And, oh, this is a party, right? So, that wave of setting you calm. So right? set the tone right in the beginning of something positive, welcome. And, then- and, and the other thing is I say is, you know, it's like, oh, bathrooms all throughout the house. Um, feel free to snoop around. Uh, you know, nothing's off limits here. Make yourself at home. How do you facilitate people to meet each other? Is it just like you have a certain question at the dinner table? Do you say like- Well, so, so what we just said was sort of that early phase. And I let people have about a half an hour in their stereotypical- lame, small talk kind of dialogue <laughs> that naturally occurs that nobody really wants. Yeah, exactly. Where are you from? Who are you? What do you do? And um, I let that go on for about a half an hour until everyone gets there. I want everybody to be there. Okay. Then once everyone's there, uh, so things start at 7.30 by 8 o'clock, we'll go upstairs and we've got tons of fire pits and stuff upstairs on the roof. And um, we'll, uh, we'll tap back into that tribal nature of storytelling. And at the very beginning of the dinner, uh, at around eight o'clock, we'll all go up and uh, I will start with something really simple that we use for executive teams in high-performing organizations called a personal professional check-in. So a personal professional check-in um, has people just sort of get a little bare and say, what's going on in your life right now personally and professionally? And I start, and so by setting the tone, I always search for the struggles. Right. You know, and, and, and with that, I set the invitation to do the same. Um, and then you'll find that people really show up. People long. They, I, I call this, um, relaxing into gravity. You know, if people want to be this, they want to be authentic. They want to be cared for. They want to care for other people. They want to be vulnerable. They want to be all of those things. They really do. They don't because they're psychologically insecure and the psychological insecurity is something some people carry around in spades and other people carry around in small doses. I want to make somebody, I want to make everybody psychologically safe. And with psychological safety comes authenticity and empathy. And the connections. Yeah. And- so we do that upstairs for a while. Then um, I get the, the high sign that dinner is served, usually I get 10 minutes in advance. And then we do something up there that's punctuating. It depends on how I feel at the time. It could be a little meditation of two minutes on a word. Could be, it's something. Okay. I, don't, I don't know what it'll be. Okay, um, before we come downstairs? Yeah. Okay. Then we come downstairs, no sign seating. Now, we've gotten to know each other. We've heard about each other upstairs. Totally. The table conversation is very different. And about halfway through the appetizer, which is already pre-plated. And the other thing you'll notice is my table's very tight um, and it's very thin. Uh, I want people bumping up against each other. My chairs are custom made to be a little thinner than most dining room chairs. My table is custom made to only be 29 inches wide so that you can have conversations with three people sitting across from you. Yeah. Right? So the intention is, I, what, I, what I'm trying to replicate is um, like an Italian Thanksgiving dinner. The family. Like the family. Totally. Right? Then when, at, when entrees get served, 
that's when the questions come out that I use. They're either questions that came from a dear friend of mine, a company called My Intent. Um, he's got tabletop conversations, or there's a wonderful company uh, called Table Topics, or we'll write them all up ourselves, depending upon the event. And uh, then the questions come out, and those become the spur of the more fun, engaging, whimsical, deep. And people could be crying, people laughing, whatever. It's uh, and then at the end of the night, um, it could be singing around the piano. Um, it could be if the if I'm feeling the moods right. Um, our, all of our team is very, uh, I mean, we've got a rapper, we've got uh, a poet, we've got uh, uh, a kundalini yoga instructor. So you need I, one of those, yeah. Everyone needs one of those, right? <laughs> so my team, what I'll do is I'll pull out whatever I'm feeling that might cap the evening yeah. will be one of the staff. And it'll be fun because nobody realizes my staff are my friends. These are wonderful people. My staff will show up as a part of the element of the evening by the end of the night. Um, it's really cool. Before someone comes to your dinner, you actually research them. I don't. Oh, you have, does, your team does, and they present right? it to you so that you yeah, get... I don't. I don't know who's coming to dinner. Can you tell me who? What do you know about me? Um, what does it say? Fi- fired from, uh, from Facebook. From Facebook. Yeah. And so your team, the Mint, and yeah, exactly. And also, you have a you have an RQ score. So an RQ score is a relational quality score, which is how well do I know you? Okay. Um, so if I've met you before, okay. You're going to, you know, an RQ score goes from negative one, which is this is a strained relationship in some way. Um, you know, we've done something to piss somebody off along the way. Uh, zero, I don't know them at all. Okay. Um, all the way to a, a, a four RQ score. So the RQ score gets adapted after the evening. So in our database, we'll know what level of intimacy the two of us, the two of us have. Right now, you were an RQ of zero before you came. Yeah, before you came. How do I get a one? I want a one. Well, you're on your way. You're okay. on your way. Let's see if we can get you to four. Um, and then, so where do you, and you track this, like, in a, what database do you use? You know, we use Salesforce, salesforce.com. You know, Mike Benoff is an old friend. If someone's just getting starting out, a lot of people are starting out, like, how, they don't have, maybe have a house, maybe they, they have a small apartment. How do they? That's actually covered in Never Eat Alone. So the first thing. Go read Never Eat Alone. Go read Never Eat Alone. But, um, you know, I used to throw dinner parties at a small apartment in New York. Okay. They can go um, read Never Eat Alone. I used to throw dinner parties at a small apartment in New York where you needed to throw, uh, you know, a, a tablecloth on top of a coffee table. And, you know, I couldn't afford to do anything other than buy rotisserie chickens down at the deli. And who did you invite from there? Uh, there? The same people I would invite now. People, people are not looking for fancy. The fact that I can afford fancy now is, is irrelevant. It's, hmm. um, people are looking for the people you invite. And that's the other thing you need to do for a great Ooh. dinner party, um, is you need to accumulate a group of people that the people you invite want to meet they're not coming for us. No one's coming for dinner to have dinner with Keith Frazzi. They're coming to have dinner because they know who Keith Frazzi is going to have at the table. People like know Is there anyone you haven't met yet? You know, I, at this stage of my life, I mean, if I want to meet somebody, I just do it. I mean, I got to know somebody. How do you do it? So I was curious at your level, but I was also curious for at a more starter level. Like if I wanted to meet X yeah. or you wanted to meet X, like what do you, what's the... Well, there... first of all, you put the list together of everybody you want to meet. That's right? awesome. You put the list together. What I'm interested in right now is technology entrepreneurs who are doing exceptionally leveraged things that help human capital. I'm really interested in that because that's my, that's my big focus. I want to start investing in, co-investing with, um, building companies that transform human capital, similar to, the, to what we did with Yoy. So that's my, that's my list. And the thing is, it's like, it's not a name. 
You know, it's like, it's a community and you put that out there and I guarantee you, you're going to know of a couple. I know that's what I'm starting to think folks, about it. You're like, boom, there it is. Right. And by the end so of the So you night, make your list and then you kind of put that out there to people? You put it out there to people uh, all the time, everywhere. And then based on doing that, you also begin to begin at, to think about what you can do to serve those individuals. I mean, you know, I've been building human capital businesses for years. I know virtually almost every CHRO, head of HR in any major company. So I have a lot to offer those individuals, and I'd love to be of service to those uh, those folks building those companies. So I got a lot to to bring to the table. Well, I like what you're saying. Yeah, and there's but but what do you have to to offer? Even if you're just a young person, you have time. I mean, if anybody reached out to me and said, "Hey, Farazi, what subjects are you interested in right now? I want to write a one page report on something that you're curious about," that would get my attention. Any subjects right now? No, oh, because um, well, I mean, I'm never, you're never too good for certain things. You know, I would say, um, you know, I would like to understand what functionality is working and even not working around changing human behavior in, in technology. So how do I get a one pager on that from you? Make sure that that happens. What are you looking forward to most this year? Like what, like either personal, professional, travel? Doing less, being more whimsical. Um, I've been one of the most purposeful SOBs in the world. And, you know, and I'm just, I'm really looking forward to loving up on my team this year. Um, I, I'm a hard driver of myself and others. I've heard that. And, um, what I've come to explore is the more I love my team, um, truly and serve them, uh, the more we're able to achieve in this planet. So I'm really excited. I mean, I'm, I'm feeling it a lot differently this year than I have been in a long time. I love the team. I really do. And the CEO that's doing a really good job of creating in all the businesses. Thanks for doing the interview, Keith. I'll let you uh, go get everything set up upstairs. I'll see you up there. Yeah, You're awesome. going to get a frazzarita. Yeah. Cheers. Awesome. awesome. Welcome. Awesome. Thanks, Thanks for having me. Enjoy the house. All right. You made it to the end. Clapping for you. I'm so proud of you. But you know what? No one ever makes it to the end. What I want you to do if you made it this far is just go tell someone you love them. Uh, my mom dislocated her finger. She slipped on potato salad at the grocery store and injured herself. And it kind of started to trip me out. I was like, man, if she's not going to be here anymore, like I'd be really sad about that. So I'm going to go text her right now that I love her. And just like what Keith was talking about with relationships, it's what everything is based upon. So go tell someone right now that you're thinking about them and have an amazing day. Love you. Bye.